Peace. What up, what up, what up? This it, is Fire This Time. This is the Fire This Time podcast. My name is Sonny Teray. I'm Akita G. And we are so happy to have y'all back here for episode 93. Be back at it again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I keep going to welcome the people, then we're going to tell them what we're talking about. Well, you know people as usual. You know what I'm saying? Welcome back to the show. You know what I'm saying? You know what to do. It's that time. You know what I'm saying? Like, share, subscribe, things of that such nature. So we definitely can uh, get a feedback on you from what we're giving. You know what I'm saying? And you can tell us what we may need to give. But um, as usual, we're going to keep it nice. We're going to keep it hot. We're going to keep it uh, a little flavorful for y'all. You know what I'm saying? You know, just tackle some things that we've been dealing with for a while And things that we've been keeping our eye on for a while So what we got for him today, Aki? Uh, big topic for today is going to have to be uh, Captain Captain Ibrahim Traore uh, The interim president of Burkina Faso right. His recent interview where he's talking about the, the current political state Economic state of the country mm-hmm. And uh, it was a brilliant interview you know, I had a. Yeah. Uh, it was done in French, so we had to watch the translation of it. But yeah. uh, top to bottom, it was powerful and just a statement of what Pan Africanism is for so many. Yeah. On the continent yeah. and what it needs to become for us. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, but yeah, Aki, I know. Uh, before that, uh, there's another topic you want to talk about, right? Uh, now nah, I just wanted to mention. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we, uh, we got to give a little shout out to the brother Killer Mike. You know what I'm saying? He got three Grammys, um, which is a little shocking to me because I didn't even know of his last album like that. But, you know, I ain't been keeping up with my hip hop like that. But uh, I've been seeing mad posts going around and things of that such nature. Uh, me and uh, Ike sort of got a, you know, love-hate type of relationship with, uh, you know, Killer Mike. You know, I personally, you know, I, I agree. He, he got some flow. I didn't heard him on some mixtapes and things like that. And with notable MCs, and he was able to hold his own. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you know, he's he he's saying do some other things and support some other things that uh, you know, I ain't necessarily my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I I would give him his flowers. He got three Grammys, but uh, you know, that ain't our award show, so. Yeah, it's not our award show. It's interesting, yeah, to see a lot of the commentary, yeah. you know, around that. But it, I guess it's like it's like that every year. It's, a, it's yeah. the same cycle as far as yeah. we recognize the Grammys and for us. Yeah. But then we always got something to say about who they elect. Yeah. Even though we know it ain't got nothing to do with us. Ain't got nothing to do with us. Uh, but, of course, some black artists, you know, still value that. And I ain't here to take away from them valuing that. But, uh... Yeah, with, you know, with Killer Mike, uh, I agree. It's been a love-hate relationship mm-hmm. type of thing. I appreciate that he attempts to keep things conscious. You know, yeah. he, atten- he 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 keeps things lyrical. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, there's so many of his contemporaries I prefer. You know, I don't even put him in a top 10 Atlanta, Georgia rapper, but he won three Grammys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not even in the top 10 from Atlanta, even with the three Grammys, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But, you know, so, you know, but... My dislike for Killer Mike, you know, is definitely more deep rooted than that. Uh, you know, I feel like a lot of his politics can go every other type of way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There can be a lot of radical or nationalist, revolutionary nationalist symbolism yeah. in his work. Mm-hmm. But he's more of a status quo work on that other side. 
you know what I'm saying, type of vibe. You know, he, he I, I'm not sure. He used Spook Who Sat By The Door clips in his album. And you know but, that's our movie, Aki. Right, that's our movie, Aki. That, 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 that's, that's, that, that got some of the most famous lines. But <laughs> that's a man that went to the CIA with the intention of stealing the knowledge and bringing it back to the hood. Mm-hmm. Or at least that, you know, some. I think maybe some people could say that maybe the racism that he found within the CIA... Yeah. Solidified his stance against it. Yeah, but uh, but nah. It, it, for me, it was pretty clear that you know it was intentional. You know, yeah. from the jump, he he built his military career. Like if you watch the film, you know what I'm yeah. saying. Like, uh, but to use that, you know, somebody who intentionally started a uh, a black separatist revolution. Yeah. That's what Spooky Side by the Door culminated in. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this person that is, you know, works close with the city of Atlanta, tells people to mm-hmm. stop protesting, go home. You know, I remember he, him and T.I., you know, appeared with the mayor mm-hmm. in response to some of the, uh, you know, protests against police murders that went down mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, also, I remember his TV show, the first episode of his Netflix show, was about building a nation mm-hmm. and i i did not like the way that he treated the rbg flag you know even outside of just that that program you know throughout mm-hmm. his 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 career you know mm-hmm. him not being about that but using that uh but you know and, and just the way that he he on that on that episode the way that he discussed the potential the possibility the prospect or the history yeah of the move for separatism the move for like a nation in the black belt south for instance Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying it was brushed aside and treated as a joke you know and that was the first episode was about it was him building his own nation and just it was about pointing out the absurdity of it Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and and that's exactly how he lives his life you know and, and his politics you know he treats the nationalists and the revolutionary as absurd and mm-hmm. prefers to work with the system. Well, and I, 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 say this. I, I don't necessarily see that changing. We, we can't bank on that type of shit changing from that class. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When things do hit the, the fan, be, even though we hear that talk, right? Well, I'll say this. And I and he said something one time that did make some sense to me. He said, if you ain't talk, if you ain't a farmer, if you're not a fisher, if you're not a hunter, if you're not a builder, don't talk that revolutionary shit. And if you're not talking about doing that, don't talk that revolutionary shit. And I agree with him in this sense. It takes work to build a nation. When we were talking about building a nation in the 1960s, in the 1950s, in the 40s, in the 30s, and the 20s, we had farmers. We had Fishermen, fish farms, pig plants, people eat that, chicken farms. My family came off originally, which was a rice plantation, but eventually they started dealing with poultry, pigs, and bulls and shit. And we owned that at one point in time. His problem is, is that he doesn't promote what he says we don't have to build a nation. You know what I'm saying? He has to. And note this. I'm in agreement with you on this. You pacify to the system too goddamn much. For sure. 
You know what I'm saying? He he's been the conscious he's been the only conscious like, brother in too many rooms. Yeah, like and where like, he thinks he's an arbiter yeah. of who should speak on what or, or who can do what when but, he don't got that. Because when he said that, he was in a hypocritical state himself. Mm-hmm. Because you not running with the people that is talking like that. You're not chit-chatting with them. You're not sitting down with them. The people who attempted to do that, are you funneling money, finances, support to them? No, but... You know, because I know plenty of people. It ain't a large segment. I keep... Me and you both watched Killer Mike's interview with Kalanji on Black Power Media. Yeah. I walked away from that thinking... He supports the police and he supports the building of Cop City. He sees hey. it as an inevitability yeah. and thus supports it and, and will work with the system as long as he can win some concession. He can maybe attach his name to, uh, you know, no matter, no matter, you know, the fact that this, of course, center is, you know, destroying the environment. And, it, and, and invasive in the community is it's, it's displacing people. Displacing, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, and you're right. That's that's the next thing that comes up. You couldn't be running with those people that's talking like that, because they wouldn't talk like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There is no working. And first of all, you from Atlanta, dog. He from Atlanta. I keep. We got to accept anybody that's gonna talk some revolutionary stuff. Like at the state, the state that our people is in, mm. somebody needs to be a farmer or a survivalist before they can talk revolutionary stuff. I mean, we're at the state of we need to change people's consciousness. We need to change people's thought patterns. You know what I'm saying? I agree that we're not at the state of active separation. But that's the thing. But but he, he you you know he disguises his disdain for those politics yeah. through these you know better I, than that I I am better than thou statements. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. That's 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 some of that issues with us. Mm. And a lot of that issues with him. Because at the same time, we took that language on. And when we took that language on, we go back and look. Malcolm said it best. Anytime I heard a revolution, it had to do with land. These were people that were in some actual engagement. We ain't looking for a rebirth, which is going to take a revolution to get that done. You know what I'm saying? If we get some land, Killer might be the type that he wants to bring Coca-Cola in the city of Atlanta there on board. He, he's trying to there be a middleman to get all the to make all the same mistakes we've already there made. There you go, and that's the catch. So, like this is like you said, this is a conscious raising the thing. It's a process that we get through this, and we've been running away from it. You know what I'm saying? This is why we got. This is why we produce. That's why sometimes I put blame on the movement. Mm-hmm. Because this is shit that we've allowed to happen. It used to be a time when they would put your ass to the test. You know what I'm saying? And he's not being put to the test. Now, I'll say this. To jump off his personal self, back on his three Grammys, right? Um, I don't really respect the, th- the Grammys, one, because that's not... That wasn't made by our culture. They actually kept our culture out. You know what I'm saying? This ain't the Source Awards. When I knew it was real hip-hop heads, DJs, and producers, and requests and write-ins from people saying, yeah, that shit was dope. You had a full mic album. You had a four and a half, 
You had a four to five Mike Alva Coupled with some good promotion And a good stage presence Yeah okay you got album of the year And that was accredited Awards show Even when people was mad I remember when the West Coast won awards East Coast was sort of mad about that But guess what They shit was hotter at that time They had to bear witness to it You know what I'm saying When the South first got theirs Without cast Speaking of Atlanta rappers Who I wouldn't put Killer Mike over You know what I'm saying it, it was a really more what It wasn't an unwelcome reception But they didn't know who the hell Outcast was But they, they was hot And they, they had the hot shit it, it, That was our award show That was something that was done By hip hop You know whether you like Benzino or not He, he did great by making that Yeah I mean And it goes back We talked about the failures of the movement yeah. I think the failures of the movement is allowing this bourgeois intellectualism to enter it like the idea we don't need leaders. Yeah. We can have a leaderless movement. Yeah. It's a, it's the fact that we have a leaderless movement that we have nobody to take people like Killer Mike the task. Yeah. Or that Killer Mike is substituted in as a leader. Yeah. It's because our movements and our communities are not producing are, are, are dysfunctional right now. Like and not, and they're not producing leaders. We should we should look at the lack of leaders as a sign of dysfunction. Not as a sign of you know this modern progressivism. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They just so they just they they just uh they just ascended him into leadership, uh uh in in the history of hip hop by giving him three Grammys. And the way hip hop going right now, it's gonna make it in the history books. Oh, for sure. But it's gonna make it in the hip hop annals when reality is. It it should have been in a sense like this. The Grammys ain't fuck with us when we wasn't when 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 they when when the when the Grammys wouldn't accept us, and we had to boycott the Grammys back in the nineties. Aki, do you think Killer Mike is in the top ten streamed hip hop artists within Atlanta? Hell no. I'm talking about what what Atlanta what, what black people in Atlanta are streaming. Do you think Killer Mike is in mm-hmm. their top ten? Mm-hmm. Come on, bro. I, that's what I'm saying. We know who gave him that award. We know who voted him. And that was my second part. For my generation, I know there's been a, a long history of protests and, and outcry against the, the Grammys. And not only that, the and the Oscars. All, yeah, all the all award of, shows, all right? But for my generation, the first like classic album of my adulthood, mm-hmm. I know for sure, was Kendrick's Good Kid, Mad City. Yeah. If it wasn't the first, we it was the most definitive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, it's probably the, the most definitive since it came out. I don't mm-hmm. know if a, of a more definitive classic album has dropped since Kendrick's Good Kid, Mad yeah. City. Uh, perhaps though, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not putting it outside the realm of possibility. But uh, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis won for the heist, and was included they song Thrift's Shop. Mm-hmm. That won over Kendrick. That won the Grammy over. I think not not just album album of the year. I think that might have won like the hip hop album of the year type shit. Yeah, see, like o- over yeah. Ken- Kendrick left Grammy list off of that. I, once that happened, why would I want an award that wasn't given to Kendrick? Like, why would I want the same award that Ryan that Macklemore and Ryan Lewis won over Kendrick? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, hey. Like I say, you seen it in your lifetime. I didn't seen it in mine. Hammer won, I think, Oscars, maybe a Grammy. 
He won big, he won big awards. Mm-hmm. But hip hop heads wasn't necessarily in the hammer. When we look at Hammer's concerts, there was a bunch of white people there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he first really go pop, get big. You know what I'm saying? Make it. But we still was producing classic albums that was winning number one at the Source Awards or at any. Uh, standing, I mean, I think about between the time Hammer was doing his thing, Tribe Called Quest dropped two five mic albums. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and, and, and that was recognized like by by the, all the rap fans. The, the gangsters in the street had the Tribe Called Quest album because it was banging like that. So, like, like I don't, I don't recall ever going to anybody's I ain't been in no no herb man house. <laughs> I've been in nobody's car, rode up to any store, heard anybody blasting Killer Mike. And you and if you roll it back five six years, you can also say the same about Killer Mike's collaboration with that white producer, Run the Jewels. Yeah, I mean, I'm now that that was like his breakthrough mainstream yeah. hit success. Yeah, niggas was not playing no Run the Jewels yeah. that I know of. Bro. Yeah. Like the like when I got on the Killer Mike, he was doing mixtapes, but he was doing stuff like it was the stuff that he got on. One, you know, he sort of got introduced to, like outcasting them. But he did some mixtapes and stuff. But it still wasn't being bumped in. It was it was normally he was rhyming on somebody else's track, and he gave you a good verse on that track. But we just wasn't moving around with you bumping that new Killer Mike. Mm-hmm. That never was it. It was always, who is that on the track? Oh, that's Killer Mike. Yeah, it just goes to show that they don't want us to be our own tastemakers. They feel like they can be better tastemakers than us. Mm. But, you know, this is not to not deny that he can rap well. Nah, he, he, certainly, can he certainly can. But, you know, there's so many people that can rap well. It's not been anything monumental that I can say have stood out to me that has made him, like... Now, Brother Reese... I mentioned this to you earlier. Brother Reese said that he would never have won Album of the Year if it wasn't for the Andre 3000 verse. But, of course, that remains... You know no, what I that, mean? That, that, that's subjective. We'll, we'll say that's subjective. Uh, but, there might just be some truth to that, but he has <laughs> subjective right now. You know what I'm saying? But Andre 1000 could do that. Right. He can do that for you. Right. Right Now, as before we move on, all what you just heard the past 18 minutes could have been some hater shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it could have been. We could have been boiling. But, you know? nah, he, he lost it with me, you know, on some of these the, the, the past mistakes in the yeah. political round where, you know, I just don't believe you. You need more people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but let's move on, Aki. Uh, we want to talk about Captain Ibrahim Troy, the interim president of Burkina Faso. Shout out to Burkina Faso. As they are still undergoing, you know, in his words, kicking off the revolution. You know, in this recent yeah. interview, he says the revolution has, has has not even started yet. Yeah. You know, as far as, you know, right now they're just in the, you know, from his point of view, we're in the process of kicking out all the terrorists in our country. Yeah. Stabilizing the government, trying to bring it to a level where, you know, the harm from previous regimes yeah. and their shady deals with the West, shady yeah. deals with the French, shady mm-hmm. deals with the U.S. and th- like things like that yeah. can be undone. Yes. You know, and uh, they're not thinking about no elections till then. They're not thinking about, uh, you know, they're going to see this revolution through. Yeah. You know, and 
that was the, the the driving force of the interview. It was a courageous interview, inspiring, you know. Uh, but you know, break it down, I keep. What you think of it? Uh, we already mentioned it was, you know, this was done in French. Yeah. I think it was from a Burkina Faso like a television program. It was a bad translation in the from you know in the English, but we I think we got the gist of it though. Right, right. We should have watched a better translation, but we'll, so we we'll only speak on what we was able to pick up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying from our translation. But uh, but yeah, Aki, what what's your first impression of it? You know, at this stage of you know, Mali, Niger, and Burkina Faso's you know move against the West, move against imperialism. I mean, you know, what I'm saying, one the brother always seems to be poised. He always speaks well. Um, he still and he definitely carries the spirit of Sankara. You know, what I'm saying with him. Um, in reference to the two other countries and all three of them together, you know what I'm saying. The French has, you know what I'm saying, been there for a long time. And um, the great Nkrumah spoke of, the, you know, the next stage of colonialism, which was neo-colonialism or imperialism, and um, how it would affect Africa. And he's seen it in his own lifetime before he passed. Um, some of the countries shifting towards that. And that was just pretty much, uh, you know, uh, European Western powers controlling the countries, you know what I'm saying, economics, you know what I'm saying, and thus controlling the country, controlling how people produce food, shelter, and clothing, those type of essences. That was the type of thing that was going on in Mali. And Burkina Faso and Niger have been going through that for a long time, you know what I'm saying, Um, century after century, and when they finally kicked them out, you know, specifically Burkina Faso on the time of Sankara, they, you know what I'm saying, we speaking specifically about Burkina Faso, you know what I'm saying, they was able to take those shackles off, but regimes later came in. And they came into the place, and when they came into those places, they set up regimes where they siphoned off the country's resources to these same European oppressors. Using puppets, you know, using yeah. puppets like the ones that Troy and his comrades deposed. You know, and that's what they did. So I'm cool with that. Um, this is still a tense and it's still a sensitive situation. Um, there's been attempts on all of them. All of the leaders, all of the juntas that's been going on in these three countries, there's been attempts on all of them. Yeah, Mali's uh, uh, junta leader, Asimi Goita, was stabbed in a mosque during prayer. Yeah, you know so, what I'm saying? Uh, and, and Ibrahim Traore has survived and evaded like multiple about, about like eight, seven I think yeah yeah multiple know. assassination attempts surely some of them led and funded by the French yeah. and western powers that that remain I wouldn't be surprised if some Ukrainians are involved in that just because of the Russians that are in the country you know are they're the train uh you know uh, Burkina Faso soldiers on the weapons that they sold them which yeah, is, yeah. And, I mean, and that, that was also the the major themes of the interview included patriotism, yeah. which we can round back to, but also logistics. Yes. He spoke a lot about lo- the logistics of the military and how, uh, you know, nations like Russia, mm. nations like uh, China. Tur- uh, Turkey and China, China. North Korea mm-hmm. were, you know, uh, and the, the logistics around their support, acquiring yeah. their support mm-hmm. were, was a big part of, uh, of his discussion and also weeding out the corruption. That was typically a part of their system. Yes, weeding out the corruption to make it more efficient, which you know he is spoke to a lot of success. Yeah. you know in that area. But um, 
yeah yeah it was patriotism logistics he talked he talked a lot about self-determination um and uh yeah I, I he also talked about before they would allow elections to take place not only would they have to kick out the terrorists reform the economy but also reform the electoral process itself yeah so i'm interested to see how that plays out but um but yeah uh you know just on on, on the the logistics side and, and the nationalism you know side of things i'm also thinking about what he said about the basis of the cooperation between yeah. Burkina Faso, Mali, and Nigeria, yeah. how it's based around around the goal of breaking their chains, yeah, breaking the, their chains to slavery. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, and uh, not making the same mistakes. So when asked, would you ever consider returning to ECOWAS if they were mm-hmm. willing to play fair with y'all's countries, provide you the support yeah. that you needed? And he was like, No, we're not willing to make the same mistakes we've already made. Yeah. And uh, even if it includes some hardship, so you know, I mean, it's a it's a historical thing though, because he did the same thing that Nkrumah and um, who was that Torre and um, Guinea, mm-hmm. Sakao Torre, yeah, Sakao Torre and Mali. Mm-hmm. Those were, were some of the first three countries over there to get their independence, and they united together and formed a band while all the other ones was under colonialism. They was working their way towards their freedom, but they band together to do that there. So they they reenacting what they did before, you know what I'm saying? Um, and real quick, let me slide this in here as, as we know, we, we, we had to wrap up. I really like how, you know, Pan-Africanism, he spoke about it. Mm-hmm. It was nationalistic yeah. on its surface, explicitly so. Mm-hmm. It was institutionalized, yeah, explicitly so. Mm-hmm. In the West, here in the U.S., even too often, Pan-Africanism is all aesthetic based. Yeah, it's all or, or it's all just based on these surface level cultural similarities. Yeah, and you know it's because our national liberation was was halted in the sixties and seventies, mm-hmm. and and since then our national consciousness has taken a hit. Because yeah. of this integrationist ethos that is part of academia, media, yeah. politics, mm-hmm. everywhere. So uh, we have to seek out and reach back out to join mm-hmm. the real pan-Africanism going on. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Not just so- This is beyond just solidarity and support. You know, we're, we're talking about material yeah. support. We're talking about you know uh cooperation between nations but yeah. we are not organized as a nation here mm-hmm. in the in the west can't do nothing without that. right we that's why we have to organize the new african nation yeah. even if, even if we're spread about even if the land question is not one we can answer right now mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying we have to start acting and thinking and making plans you know in accord with one another because uh or what? Or are we just supposed to stay out of the real Pan-African conversation, the real Pan-African movements? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which, you know, Mali, Niger uh, represent. Um, you know, Burkina Faso represent. Hopefully the, there's uh, talks of Guinea possibly joining yep. this uh, military union. And it, is, and it is a military union. Yeah. Against the encroachment of ECOWAS or the French or any imperialist force. Well, he hinted at trying to get a lot of the nations on the Sahel. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's South just, Sudan, maybe. Yeah, so, so you know, that's all in the Sahel. Right. So, like, um, you know, he's talking, he's talking right. You know what I'm saying? Um, he even mentioned uh, maybe the, the even if 
necessary, he'll put the Russians. He'll let, he'll let the Russians fight alongside yeah. his soldiers. Because that's what he was referencing to when he talked about logistics. The fact that he gets weapons or he can get uh, training and things from uh, the Russians, the Koreans, the Turks, the Chinese. And all he had to do is pay. Mm -hmm. He pay them a fee. They come through there. They do what they're supposed to do. And they deliver what they're supposed to deliver. Whereas when he was dealing with the West, the West would charge him. And they wouldn't charge him expedient. They wouldn't train him. Plus, they would not give him any real lethal methods of technology. That's what he said. He said, anything lethal, they won't sell us. That's the principle yeah. they they work off of. Anything lethal, they won't sell it to us. Talking about the French. Yeah. The, the, the so-called friends. Yeah. And that's, that, the, that's the thing, though. See... The control of them kicking out, like for Kena Fossil specifically, I can't speak for the other two, but what it looks like to him is what he's saying is this. Y'all now are a hindrance to us being free. We are in the country right now fighting terrorist groups that are trying to take the country. And you're pretty much hindering our process to even fight against them. So we can't even operate fully under self-determination. As a nation of people, because we got you here, but you're here because those guys brought you here. Mm -hmm. So let's get rid of him, and then we're going to get rid of y'all. You know what I'm saying? And now they're trying to take that upon themselves, and they're going to deal with different allies, specifically allies that don't have a colonial history with them. You know what I'm saying? They don't, and, they, and, and the ones who do, specifically the French, their relationships is with other colonial powers, i.e. England, Germany, Portugal, and, you know, all, uh, and America and Britain and all of those such. So, you know, I like what the brother's saying. He's talking right. He all, like I said, he's always looking good. He's always staying sharp. I'm trying to figure out why y'all was wearing turtlenecks. I don't understand. It's hot in Burkina Faso. Why y'all always got turtlenecks on? But besides that, you know what I'm saying? We just got to let time take its course. You know, hopefully he'd get some time in there to really make that change. Um, I'm not in a disagreement with him, you know, in a sense of like, yo, we can't really have no elections and anything right now. You know what I'm saying? We got a whole, we're trying to fight a whole insurgency that's going on in our own country. Got to bring it back together first. So, you know, he seems to be talking right and, hey, you know what I'm saying? Push on, brother. He got the pan-African spirit. You know, got the pan-African spirit. We can't do nothing but respect that, you know. Other countries need to do the same. I'm waiting for Congo to get in there. Mm -hmm. You know, when the Congo get into it, then you know it's like, okay, this shit's finna go down right now. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know what I'm saying? It's time for us to see what's up, man. You know what I'm saying? And, and if we can support it at some point in our time, we need to. But you made a good point. It's nations. Pan-Africanism is between nations and groups of people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same way. A revolution is based on land. Never said the nation was. I mean, according to Captain Ibrahim Torre, Pan-Africanism, patriotism, logistics. Yeah, yeah, he, he hard on his patriotism. <laughs> he definitely real on his patriotism now. And, yeah, and, and logistics. Yeah, You know what I'm yeah. saying? So we need, like, Pan-Africanism, we need to see it as logistical cooperation. There you go. That's it right there, Aki. You said it right down the note. Every Our dealing with each other is logistics. You know what I'm saying? Whether it come to trade or whatever. Because the reality is, is this, that, you know, Right now in America, we're fighting to try to keep our national consciousness alive. Right. You know, 
we ain't even at the point of trying to organize yet. We really at the point of like trying to keep it alive, trying to keep it in the minds of the people. So they still remember that they are a nation of people. And you don't need nothing to do that. You just need the people and they consent. And we can form that. And then as a group, we need to start going and dealing with other African nations or even ethnic groups if we got to. It's been since the 70s since we've seen a movement emerge from our nation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's It's been decades. It's been decades since we've seen a world surge in momentum, you know what I'm saying, from like a black independent economy. Like, so, like... I feel like there's so much potential on the table, but, you know, what's going to direct it and what's going to focus it, it's going to be telling the truth about the relationship between us and the U.S. and the relationship between us and other African people. Mm. We had to start telling the truth mm. about these relationships and what they need to be, you know what I'm saying? And And anybody that's unwilling to, you know, act in a way that really moves us forward towards liberation... We should do the same thing that Mali, Nigeria, and Burkina Faso did to the pre- the leaders previous to the to the current ones. Mm-hmm. A coup, coup d'état. Coup d'état. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we start with our cultural institutions. Yeah. Maybe I mean, maybe yeah. we start with our movements. Yeah. We need a, a coup d'état coup d'état of the BLM movement. Mm-hmm. A coup d'état of uh, BET, nigga. Yeah. A coup d'état of anything. You know, rev- nah, nah. Diddy can keep revolt. We just gonna keep. We just gonna bury that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that shit. But uh, but yeah, that that's the that we need that type of energy. We need that we we need that type of Pan Africanism that Nigeria, Burkina Faso, and Mali is showing. So we can end on that note, Aki. Anything you wanna end on? Nah, man. Just stay positive, man. And um, you know, remember, we got to do it as a nation. Take notes. Yeah. Peace. Peace out, everybody. Peace.